Hey guys, this week I got to sit down with Jada the Gemini and we got to talk about the African diaspora and what it's like to be from the West Indies but also have a love for black Americans and how we can all get together within the diaspora and not hurt each other so much. You know, unity, how can we get together? But it was an awesome conversation I had with Jade. I hope you guys enjoyed. Introduce yourself for the folks. Who are you? Where can we find you at? So my name is Jade. You can find me on here as Jade the Gemini. And you can find me on Instagram as not your average church girl. Um, and I don't want you to find me nowhere else. Until, <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> until I am ready. <laughs> For real, every time, I'm not gonna lie, every single time TikTok asks me, I'm like, oh, do you want to sync your contacts so that your friends and family, I'm like, that's the last. No, I want no I'm one good. in my phone. <laughs> Respectfully, I'm all right. <laughs> I like y'all. I love y'all. I love this little community I built. Yeah. Everybody, everybody here, just, just. Mm-mm. Stay up. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> so today we are talking about, uh, which I've been watching a, a lot of your videos as you've been talking about this. I've I've seen a bunch of your lives uh, that you've got oh, nice. for other people uh, talking about this topic, and that's why I brought it to you. Is kind of like the African diaspora and coming together. So there seems to be this sort of back and forth i'm sure you know you folks have seen a couple of these videos of there's one going on right now <laughs> right people going viral with these ideas of uh uh you know black americans they when i ask them where they're from they only know their state or uh black americans don't care about any other black people and it's kind of this um euro uh blacks or african blacks or um you know west indies caribbean uh different cultures saying yeah that americans are insert whatever negative thing and i think it's leading to this perception that um there isn't a unification around blackness around the world and i've watched a bunch of your videos where you're like nope that's not true there's just a bunch of really loud people that have gone viral that is true <laughs> the loud a lot of loud misinformed people mm, mm. and and that it hurts me every time I, I cringe and just because they are misinformed it doesn't mean that they don't have others you know like there are people who genuinely feel like that. But I feel like the majority, how do I say this? I feel like the majority of us, as well, I can't speak for the African diaspora, but I can speak, speak for those of us who are like in the West Indies. It's not that we dislike African-Americans. Like for you to find someone who dislikes an African-American person, they have had to have had like a traumatic experience. So if you ask the af that like the average uh, West Indian person, they'll, they'll look at you like, why would I dislike you? I think it's a misunderstanding of um, culture and the fact that, uh, I don't want to say this, how's the nicest way I can say that? The fact that there is a difference in value system so it's not that they they don't appreciate and love african americans as people and as their siblings 
It's just that they don't necessarily understand or value the same things African Americans value because they don't understand the history of certain things and they don't, um, or rather the history and the, the perception of African Americans have been poisoned by the colonizers. So on purpose, <laughs> on purpose. Right, right. Definitely not by our own. And um, so for anybody who's kind of curious, we keep using these this this big word, diaspora, African diaspora. What what does that mean? So when a diaspora is basically a group of people that got sort of transplanted from like an original place. And when we talk about the African diaspora, we're oftentimes talking about the transatlantic uh, slave trade and people who ended up in different places in the West Indies and in the Americas um, that integrated and mixed with the indigenous peoples there. And so that's where you kind of get this mixed culture there and you get a very unique Black American culture um, in in the states here. So there's cultural differences and the kind of common thing is Black Americans don't understand their history or they don't understand their culture. They don't know what part of Africa they come from or where in the diaspora they come from, what other countries they could possibly be descendants of. And that's kind of the, the running joke. But you, um, Jade, you, yeah. go, you go back and forth. So um, I, I am both. <laughs> I, yeah, I was going to say, I would imagine in when you're in your state side, you're perceived as a as a as a black, black american, american. Um, mm -hmm. but is that necessarily how you i identify like what what would you so, say about yourself so um actually being on tiktok helped me use the correct terminology for what i would identify as because like growing up like in connecticut and whatever like uh, you're african-american whatever yeah. um and then when i when i go home like people will tease me it's like hey don't try that here Look up with your African American. I forget. I keep forgetting you're African American. And then I was in a live a few months ago, and somebody was like, "You're not black," and I was like, "Like it was like a, it was literally a culture, like a, oh. a shock to my system." They're like, "You're not black." Are both your parents from from the islands? And I was like, "Yeah." They're like, "Then you're not black," and I was like, "Whoa," and I had to sit with that. And then I realized what they were trying to say is like culturally. For, the, for us, black is like your skin color, your race. But in America, black is your race. It's also your identity. Like it's also your ethnic, what we call nationality. It's kind of like that for African-Americans. So for them, they're like, culturally, you're not black, like American black. And then I had to step away for a while. I was like, what does that mean? And why is this making me uncomfortable? I was like, no, I'm West Indian American. That's That would be the the correct term so that's what i identify as because i feel like one i don't want to disrespect african americans and their very very unique uh journey in the west and two i also do want to you know wear my as you can see i don't know if you can see but my hoodie is a, a it has home on it and my island there so i want to carry both sides of me with me so a Indian american makes sense yeah i mean that that makes a lot of sense to me i feel like with other cultures we do that same thing but with and this is where um 
saying that, uh, I see someone in the comments wrote, like, it's unprovoked and it's unnecessary. And how do you know the value system of uh, black Americans if you don't even if you don't even speak to them or under understand them? And that's mm -hmm. very true. Because um, it's informed by it, uh, media. Yeah, somebody's somebody's saying it right now. Exactly what I'm about to say is uh, we identify as black ethically and racially. Our our nationality is American. So yeah, it's it's this kind of misunderstanding of what race, culture, ethnicity, and nationality are. Because black mm -hmm. is our race, but because we're in America, it's also the name of our ethnicity as well. That's why. That's why a lot of people are moving away from, I don't even know if you've noticed, I've been using the term a lot in even just this interview here is Black American versus African American. A lot of people are stepping away from that because yeah. they're identifying that like, no, I, I mean, when, when I say, when you say where you from, and I say my family from Alabama and Georgia, that's where my family's from. Like how yeah. many generations do we have to be here before we say my family's from Alabama or my family's from Georgia. Like my great, great grandparents were born in Alabama. My great, great, great grandparents were right. brought to Alabama. So, um, but you know what I mean? So I, I, I think that is kind of where we have this miscommunication as, and it's kind of a syntax error. It's a little bit of a- uh, English is a very uh, limited colonizer language. Like there's no, <laughs> there's no expanse to it. Like it's utilitarian, it's weird. But I think yeah, like not... even this question about where you, like only recently on TikTok, have I seen people like making fun of black Americans because they didn't know where I'm because like this, that's not a West Indian thing because we don't know where we're from either. Like, like we're also vic like descendants of chattel slavery. So to to ask an American, a black American, where are you from and laugh because they say a state like that was weird to me. So I was like, who are these people? And I realized it's a lot of uh, probably British, black Brit Brits saying this. And, right. but the thing is a lot of them know where their, where their tribes are from. So I think it's a lot of uh, insensitivity and blindness on their part to not realize like, hey, um, a lot of us don't know where we, <laughs> we from outside of the past seven generations. Like we don't, we genuinely don't know. I only recently found out that uh, my maternal side, some of them came from Cameroon. Only recently, you know? So it's like, it was a where, it's where to watch. It's, it's actually quite painful to watch because it's like, hey, hey, you don't know who your daddy is. It's like, what the, why, why would you do that? Like, why would you do that? That's mean. Yeah, it's definitely kind of just poking fun um, and poking at a sore that we're all super. Yeah, like we 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 know we know why. It, like we all know why a black American would say, um, you know, a, a state where they're from. But also, I think it's kind of an ignorance on the part of what America is, because. And, and 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 you're right. I think I think it comes from a lot of people who um, who are you know either overseas or um, 
never left the island and they don't they don't have a grasp on how large America is because I um I actually was over in England a couple of years ago. Um, I was playing in a band and we were on tour. We were doing like kind of this little short run. So was I. It, it was very cool. And well, I wonder did you, if you had this experience talking to people and being like, oh, yeah, we're going to go to this next town. And you tell them where you're going. And they're like, that's two hour. That's a two hour drive away. And you're like. So as a West Indian person, we're just like to drive for two hours. Okay. Cause a lot of islands, if you drive for two hours, you're like on the other side of the island. Right. You're on the other side of the island. And that's, that's how it was in, in England. They were the, the, the same thing. They were like, you wait, you drive for two hours and you're, you're halfway across, uh, across the country. Where are you going? Why are you yeah. going so like to them, like that's the farthest thing you can do. To me, I'm not even halfway across my state. So wow. a lot of people don't really realize that when we do say things like, oh, our family is from Alabama, I'm talking about 800 miles. I'm talking about 10 hour drive away, a, a, a huge distance. Like yeah. this is kind of the roots. Like <laughs> this, this is the, the, the 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 ancestral lands that were recreated because chattel slavery brought us here and made us have to make something brand new and and i, I think that's <laughs> why i admire black americans so much and i think that's why my content has been skewing this way because i i don't know if we we understand what it's like to live with your oppressor what it's like to still live through slavery in like in a remix Be but it's so insidious and invisible um and you still make your own culture and you're still crafting your identity and, and you're you're still you're still in it you're still in it and you're trying your best to break out of it and and at every every move it's like those haunted movies where the doll is talking and then when you call someone to see it, it stops talking and you feel like you're crazy. And that's how I describe racism against black people in America. It's like everybody on the outside is like, no, that's not happening. Look at all the things you can do now. And you're just like, it's, it's, it's not, that's not the same. It's not the same thing. It's, it, I swear to you, it's happening. And, and it feels like mind bending. And I, I, I don't know how else I can show my appreciation and love for black Americans because as West Indians, for the most part, uh, there are some islands that are still like with Haiti, they have their special thing going on where France, America, everybody's still oppressing them financially. Um, but for the most part, we've never been the, the minority because the majority of the stolen Africans came to South America and the West Indies. So in, um, even in the smallest of islands where there were where slavery was happening, the ratio of white to black has always been 10,000 to one, 10,000 black people to one white person. In some islands, 100,000 black people to one. So we've never racially been the minority, even during slavery. So we've never had to have that uh, 
dynamic where our skin color um, was such a big factor in our identity. Our right. freedom was, but not our skin color. That was just a given. We've never been, we've never had to pretend to be something else to get this, to get rights, you know, but, um, but black Americans have had the whole one drop rule. And then you had white passing and all of that. And we've never had to go through these, like we black. And that was like, so, so for us now, because we don't have to identify as black because we are the default, we've never had to racially figure out what we were. We were West Indian after Colon um, after they left after the emancipation. We just reestablished um, the tribal thing where your island was your tribe. Right. Your island was your tribe, and you can hear it in the way we speak. Like Saint Lucia is a one like a less than an hour plane ride. They have a completely different accent than we do. Yeah. Same thing um, from Guadeloupe. Same thing from Barbados has a completely different accent, but that's that's African retention. That's like every tribe in every African country, they have their own language and it's different even if y'all are rubbing shoulders, but your tribe has its own language. So we lost our language, but I don't know, Africanness is just such a beautiful thing. Blood memory is a beautiful thing that we recreated this whole how we speak how we emit words, how we we how we perceived the colonizer's language and how we recreated it. It's like our tribal language, that's our accent. And black Americans are doing the same thing. Because I know somebody from New Orleans when I hear it. I know somebody from Baltimore. I know somebody from Georgia when I hear it, you know? Right, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, especially that, like the accents all over, all over, the country are completely different and even like little tiny things like even up here uh i'm in new york and not in the city i'm in western new york and even that is a fun distinction to make to people like i'm in western new york versus the new york city because you say you're in, you're from new york and they go oh the city and i'm like i'm in a city but not <laughs> not the one that you think of and it blows people's minds when they go, oh, well, do you just like, you know, head up to New York City and, you know, check out Broadway? And I'm like, New York City is about seven hours away. Uh, so, no, uh, not often. It's a Whoa. trip to go out there. And they're like, wait a second. Wait, where are you? And I'm like, Western Buffalo, like Niagara Falls, like the, the big it's water. seven you know, hours like, away. New York is big. And New York. I've always perceived New York as tiny. <laughs> I don't New know York why. Very big. And um, yeah, uh, yeah uh, New York is 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 kind of it's is huge for, to go from like the tip where I am. Like I'm a stone's throw away from Pennsylvania and Ohio and um, mm. Niagara Falls, mm. Ontario. Like I'm really close. I'm on. I'm a border city, right? Okay, to okay, to, okay. Uh, to, to go to New York City is, yeah, about seven, eight hour drive, depending on people always laugh like, oh, it's eight hours. And then somebody somebody else goes, no, nah, man, it's like seven hours because you know how you know how we drive. So like, it's, it's probably <laughs> making like seven hours. Yeah, it's wild. Driving over there is wild. But even some of those things that uh, we say, um, some of like the the little vernacular that we get and people go oh are you you know are you from the where where are you originally from are you from the south are you this are you that and it's like i don't speak southern i speak black 
Like that's just that's 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 just what it is. Southern that's people speak like us because you know why. There was a lot of us at one time down there. That's 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 why. But I'm I'm really invested in healing and uh, like having conversations where we get past the 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 white supremacist talking points and just hurling them at each other and right. we actually start looking and be like oh this is the enemy right yeah exactly and why like every every time you say that like every time you say something to someone or you have a perception of someone you should always ask yourself where did i where did i pick that up if i haven't had any face to face time with them and when you start pulling at the fred you get like you 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 become Scooby Doo and the gang, and you start unmasking people. Right. You know, and I'm wait I'm waiting for the day when we hear you know white supremacy be like I would have gotten away from it too I would have away with it too if it wasn't for you meddling kid like I'm waiting for that day where we we're all on the same page because like when we get on the same page the things that each of us have and I constantly say this West Indian people for the most part. And, and people in South America, Central America, we are black nations. Right. So we have our own countries, as well as African countries have a lot of resources. African American, well, black American people, they have like pop culture, they have everything, <laughs> like pop culture, they're, in, they're tastemakers, influencers, like, they have the world's attention. They say what is cool and what isn't. They have all the major billion dollar industries. The only problem is they don't own them. Right. That's it. Yeah, exactly. So how do we get, and I keep saying this, how do we reestablish a triangle of trade where we're not the product? Because the triangle of trade was Europe, go down to Africa, come over to the West, back up to Europe. Right. So how do we establish that where we connect Africa to the West Indies to America and back in that triangle where we, what, how do we do that? Right. Like, how do we get, how do we control our own networks that part. Of, of sharing information products our own uh you know more than by the block more than just by black like i i heard someone say this the other day like buying black is great but we want we want people to own the factories like more than just uh assembling the products or having the idea like that's an amazing feat and we love that but more so we want like the means of production to be owned completely by black like how do we have black vendors at every step of the way so that these things are completely shoved out so that we aren't having these ideas colonized just completely and utterly how, how do we expand the nba to african teams right yeah to to south africans see how do we expand the nfl where we're where the ones owning these teams because if 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 the nba is not just american state side teams and you have you know teams in the congo teams from kenya like teams from uruguay do you know 
how powerful that is because I bet you it's not uh, Bill Fickett from Alabama owning the Congolese team. It's right, not. Yeah, absolutely. But we're going to have the eyes that LeBron James brings. So imagine how powerful it would be when you have millions of people a night watching an NBA game, but it's the Raptors versus the Congolese I don't know what they would call themselves, but you have that. And you have Congolese ads running during that time. Right. You have African music, Afrobeats music playing. The normalization of seeing African African people, black people, in contexts that are not uh suffering, that are not sentence and today and feed you see these mega stars who are from Africa, like if you change the way you view people, it's going to change how you treat them. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, a lot of it is how do we get Black Americans to have more exposure to what it, what Africa is? Because I think we have this kind of colonizer teachings in these we're, we're we grow up in these systems that teach us that like africa is awful and it unless you're on a resort the islands are awful and everything is poor and gross and all this stuff and then when Man. you go there you're like whoa wait a minute like i remember being in i was in south africa i was in um I was in Cape Town and um, Durban and I was in, in Tanzania and Dar es Salaam and I've been in Morocco and I've been, I've been there. I've been a couple different places. We, we sort of joke like we went to the to the southernmost country, we went to the northernmost country mm -hmm. um, and kind of cut across the get in between. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing to me every time we uh, have gone overseas is everything. Everything and everyone is black. Everything, every TV commercial, every, every like unless you're watching American movies, every movie, every TV show, every every ad, every billboard, every everything, every shop owner, and everything that that shop owner gets in his store is owned by a different black person at some point down the line. Like you go to a supermarket, it's owned by a black person who mm -hmm. all the produce is locally sourced by black farmers around the corner. Uh, all the products are made. Like every restaurant you eat at is black owned by default. Like it, it, black people are um, just people. Right. The term black owned doesn't, it doesn't exist. Doesn't exist because it because that's the default there. And that's what I keep telling people. I was like the beautiful and. I, people don't understand even my friends back home don't understand i'm like y'all don't know like i'm going home in a couple of weeks and i'm like i'm just counting the days where i can be black in peace i keep telling them they're laughing i'm like y'all don't understand what it is to just be a full human and not have to qualify or quantify my humanity because when i say i saw this person when an, a west indian person here you say oh i saw this person on the bus yesterday they don't think it's a white person. Right. They think in black because that's who we are. Our celebrities are black. Our leaders are black. Our rich people are black. Everybody's black. <laughs> like it's, 
right. even if you aren't, like it's literally if we go to a store and we see a, a, an ad and it's a white, we're like, why is there a white person on on this billboard? Take that up. Like, it's like, who is this for? And where did you get this random white person for this? Right, yeah. this, this why? Like, it, it, you, it would immediately be like, what is happening? And I, it's only going back and forth that I've realized, like, yo, the, the American experience is tough as a black person where you literally have to search for yourself. Oh. It's like you're there, but they're trying to convince you like, mm, it's, it's a, somebody said it's like, a, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you type of racism. It's like, <laughs> exactly. what do you mean you're not represented? Look at Gone with the Wind. There was a black. Per- <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. And whenever right, black yeah. people are get to be people or like fantastic beings, Look at look at Little Mermaid, like people like as a as a West Indian girl watching Little Mermaid, like I wanted to be Little Mer. I was doing the tail thing in the river and in the sea because Sebastian was Jamaican, so it made sense that Little Mermaid was West Indian, and you had Flounder who was like the fish that we see under the water all the time, and in my mind, Prince Eric was just a Dutch colonizer coming to see about his father's slave colonies in the West Indies because we all know the Dutch were the people who were running it, the Dutch and Portuguese. So exactly. it made sense to me that she was she was black. Like I'm like, oh finally y'all get it right. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, finally exactly. y'all get it right. A, a lot of people don't I, I mean it, I've I've gone back and forth with so many people on the whole like the historical accuracy and I'm like first of all we're not even talking about that book we're talking about the movie that they made in the 90s but fine and um but but anyway even if we were he still could have been talking about exactly he could have been talking about the West Indies because that's what they were doing at the time y'all just always ignore that part and it's it's the it's the racial but, gaslighting that you don't the get point of the story though was to tell people to stay in their place don't aspire to elevate your station right exactly. that was the point so yeah. what how else does it make more sense for a black person to try <laughs> to attain the same type of, of station as a colonizer. Like this is a whole, like I don't think people understood like how much it makes sense for Ariel to be black. Right, but it's 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 the flip side of the coin, you know, um, <laughs> the hot side of the pillow that white as default exists in this country and they don't see that. They don't see it as that. Like whenever, whenever I tell anybody a story about a person, it's uh, like I have to quantify. And, you know, oh, it. So it was this black guy that was talking, and then you get this this re, this weird reverse thing of, oh, well, why do they have to be black? Because they were. Like if I was in another country, I wouldn't have to say that they were black because and, everybody would be black. <laughs> so, and that's exactly where. I think West Indian people go wrong because we never have to quantify unless like unless it's in our case where we do have the Kalinago people. That's the only time 
if maybe it comes up, if it's important to the story, we'll mention it. But generally, when you say a person, you're thinking someone who's melanated because the Kalinago people are also melanated people. Um, but like, I don't, it's kind of like, the way I see it, it's like a Western uh, uh, expat. No, I'm not going to say an expat. A foreigner coming to uh, live on the island. And they're like, oh, there's just there's just no representation for me. And I'm just like, um, look at this uh, tin of Dutch lady milk. There's a milkmaid on here. There you what go. are you talking about? <laughs> you are. Hey, guys. Yeah, but like representation come on. look at this nestle cornflake come on come on you're like that's not what i mean i was like oh you get it though uh see this is these are kind of like the cultural differences where like it not this that never even occurred to me that like oh yeah like that would be your representation right like we, oh, you should be happy with the milkmaid. We're supposed to be happy with the syrup bottle lady. Mm. <laughs> Listen, like I'm, I'm very aggressively black. I keep telling you, I'm unapologetically aggressively black, and I, I, I have come to the conclusion that on on TikTok in real life in these spaces, if someone does not have the history. If someone doesn't understand what chattel slavery was, if someone doesn't understand what patriarchy is, what white supremacy is in its entirety, the conversation is fruitless because you are speaking in calculus and they are speaking in one plus one. Uh, That's yeah. it. They, they're, you're explaining how the pyramids could, all the physics that went into building the pyramids and they're trying to stack building blocks for a toddler like they, they they can't hang they're swimming in a shallow pool and they don't understand the structures that are invisible to them and i feel like the way for me to honor my ancestors both kalinago and um african is to let my people know because i have a foot in both worlds is to kind of translate and be the bridge where because I had a live where I said this, as a West Indian person, I will never know what it's like out on other than when I come to America. I'll never know what it's like to live with my oppressor. I'll never know what it's like to be the minority on my land. Right. I'll never know that. So it's like, hey, die. So it's like if if I don't have to deal with living day by day with the reminder that I am not important, that I am not the beauty standard, even if I know it's like constant, constant gaslighting from the day you are born in this country. It's constant cognitive dissonance where it's easier to just agree, okay, this is the world and yeah, I'm lesser than, and yes, I'm the minority, but your soul, your soul is like, no, this is wrong. And you have to do that fight every single day i'm like we don't we wake up we yawn and we're like mm, do i feel like going to work today that's our life that's our <laughs> life i can go to work and cuss well not now because i'm in america but like but I, i've had i've fought with my bosses before right i don't care because i'm like like if they talk to me i was like excuse you we're two adults don't don't try that please just just settle down we'll <laughs> come again like we can do that but 
the type of decision making you have to make every single day and wait every single every single action as a black person in america that's exhausting so i often tell west indian people you kind of have to eat it if 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 a, if a black american is coming at you a kind of way like you kind of have to eat it because you've had you you've had the emotional space to exist as a full human being and we're over here stressed out <laughs> all, every day all, all all day long and our entire culture is about party <laughs> drinking <laughs> to have a good time <laughs> like we are on an extended period like we're on college break all the time because we're like listen slavery was rough and as many years as we were enslaved we're gonna party as many years in exchange so in the next mm, 300 years we might transition to something else but for now turn up fat wine drink eat have a good time yeah so i always i i thought was really interesting too being in um other countries is even like the experience with um with with like the police or or secure they've been different entities in different countries but like the police in in uh, in in south africa i remember being in in cape town and me and my wife were trying to walk somewhere uh we always try to just like walk most places or the like take some sort of local something or another very rarely like uber or anything like that um like we like to take local transit like whatever it is bus line whatever um in uh in on zanzibar is the dollar dollar and it's just maybe a bus it maybe a van yeah maybe a pickup truck who knows I know it well. it, it's just you jump on and you throw them whatever you got and then yep. they're just like we go <laughs> up and down this one road and that's it you get off and you can get anywhere on this one road but when we're in cape town we're walking we're trying to find this beach i think or something like that and got kind of turned around got lost google maps wasn't working and so we're, we're we must have looked lost or, or something like that and i remember seeing this police officer and it the initial feeling kicked in was like oh shit there's a cop he's gonna he's gonna mess with me or he's gonna do something or just like oh okay so you know sorry sorry for being around you know so, sorry and and my wife was like yeah, but he probably he's he's also probably lives here and he probably knows where we're trying to go. So like mm -hmm. I don't know, let's just maybe try out of him. So I was like, eh, we'll walk by. So we started walking by and he goes, Hey, where uh where you going? And <laughs> I turned to him and I was like, I, I I think this beach that's up here. And he goes, What what beach? What are you talking about? And I said the name of the place that we're trying to go. And he goes, oh, come here, come here. I'll I'll show you how to get there. Hold on, come here. Give me, and show me, show me your phone. And so I pull out my phone, and, and he's like, okay, okay, this is where you're at right here. He's like, you're gonna go down here. And he's like, it's probably not on this map. He's like, he's like, well, you're gonna go down here. You're gonna go down this street. He's like, go up here, left, left, right, right, right. Yeah, that's good. And he's like, you want us to take you down the street? And I was like, no, I mean, we're having a good time walking, and you know, we're just trying to see everything. He's like, all right, well, you know, you. Need anything? Just let anybody know. Uh, you know, 
welcome to the city. Hope you guys have a good time. And it was such a pleasant experience. And then we walked away and I was like, he was really nice. The city. Hope you guys have a good time. And it was such a pleasant experience. And then we walked away and I was like, he was really nice. Wow. Yeah. What a nice, what a nice guy. <laughs> like he was like, whole time. I just don't understand like getting pulled over or anything like that. But I, I remember even talking to people in, in town and they were like, yeah, you don't really get pulled over for like for what? speeding or anything. Like that's not like traffic stops aren't really a thing. They're, no, they're, to, they're not. They're there to help you. Like literally if your car breaks down, then like, yes, the police will come or like if you're getting off. Or if there's a car crash. Yeah, there's a car accident, car crash. Somebody's getting in a fight. The cops will come and go, <laughs> stop. Here's the thing with with us, right? No, so number one, I was a school teacher, high school teacher, all types of teachers. Uh, since I was like, I lied. I I finished I finished college early. I was still a teenager. I lied on my resume. I got to be a high school teacher. I was still a teen, right? So, <laughs> so I was teaching people that were older than me. Um, so. Even as a teacher, like pretty young, uh, my students by the time, because a lot of them, well, we our high school system is different. We have five, what y'all call grades, we call forms. So you go, high school is first to fifth form. So if I'm teaching someone in fifth form, their next step is, is college. So my first year I was teaching like the seniors and then they go on to become like policemen and whatever. So I'm walking through the street and you see these grown ass men with beards and everything. They're like, Miss, Miss, how are you doing? Hey, that's my teacher. And I'm just like, shut up, shut up. People don't need to know how old I am. Like, what the, what are you doing, bro? But it, like, like that's literally my experience with police back home. Like our police literally are there to keep people from killing people. Because like, if you steal, we're not caught. We call the police for your protection if you get caught. If you do anything wrong, like if you're harassing a woman, if you've touched somebody inappropriately, the people will handle you and the police are called to make sure you walk away from the handling with your life. <laughs> Literally, that's what the police are there for. Like people slap the police, like the police are like, come in there, but who are you talking to? Like. Because the police have to come to the, the shop the next day. Like, do you want your eggs or not, officer? So you you drink with us after work. So you're not going to give me a ticket. Like, right. yeah. Right, right, so it's right. like, it's right. not, there's not this fair. And I feel like, honestly, for the most part, West Indian people live a pretty fearless life. <laughs> we don't have any apex predators. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, we're just living. You know, if, unless you're like in one of the bigger, more Americanized islands, like us small island people, we, what, I don't have any concerns. I can walk as a woman in the middle of the road at night if I want to, and I, I don't feel scared. Right. right. But there's a fear that I feel every time I land in Atlanta. Like immediately, like it's like this backpack of worry that I feel. And I always have to be looking and I'm just like, I want black Americans to experience just Indian life. Like I keep saying, we don't have much, we don't have money, 
but like we have a place where you can just be safe and relax and and we'd love to share that I've known two people that have moved uh to Tanzania actually both both <gasps> moved to Dar es Salaam <clears throat> in the past two two three years two years two years but in the last two years I know I know two people that have moved to the same city and they're almost primary reason is I visited and it was the first time in a very long time or for a couple from like part of his family like I, the first time they ever remember being like not where it just walking around and being like oh me being black has nothing to do You're a person to do with anything. I was more embarrassed to speak to somebody because I was like, ah, I'm sorry, I'm American. It, it happened so many times. I would just go, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm American. And then there that, go, oh. That's literally the only way people will know. Right. Yeah. So I started, I like, I would, I would start speaking in the, in the, like hear my accent. And Did they talk back to you in like their version of an American <laughs> accent? Because uh, in the yeah, West I, Indies I, they do that. <laughs> I, I, I had a I, I had a couple people on um when we were in Zanzibar, it's another island, so I had a couple people do that do that same thing, but they speak Swahili there. Must so be an I, island I, thing. <laughs> I started speaking Swahili to me and then I I you know, from being there for like a week, I got like a couple couple words so i could, mm -hmm. I could say hi hello you know the, the things you need to say hi hello food um but then they would like go off into a the, like whole paragraph like saying talking to me and i would go i'm i'm sorry i'm I'm American. <laughs> the way you're saying i'm sorry i'm american <laughs> yeah, like you genuinely mean i am sorry yeah, I, I, I I apologize for that. I'm I'm an American. Uh, Damn, yeah, but this, you're you're like one, that brings up an American interesting people. thing. The <laughs> way the way island people <laughs> mimic an American accent is to say "man" after every. <laughs> hey, man! You trying to go to the waterfalls, man? I got you, man. <laughs> like. <laughs> I'm just realizing, like, this is how they talk to tourists. That's your very American accent talking yeah. to tourists. <laughs> it's just to put man in front of everything. And it's really thing. interesting to hear them try to uh, match the cadence of, of American speech because uh, West Indian, like, speech is very melodic, like, very sing-songy. So like to see them try and like manage that and try to make it into the American thing. So the only thing that sounds like similar to West Indian speech in American is black American speech. Right. So that's where the man thing comes from. And a lot of people watch a lot of nineties black cult classics. <laughs> so it's like new Jack city type. That's all they know. They all talk like they're in new Jack city. You know, just <laughs> that's amazing. That's wild. I'll have a lot of people. Um, I've had people um, basically do like their most extreme version of an American accent. I'm like, 
so I learned through accents or whatever that my particular accent is is the news, I guess. So Yeah, I'm I I thought you were from Connecticut. No <clears throat> lie. right, yeah. So like kind of this this like New England, like I guess like kind of sorta um neutral, very like neutral American accent. Um I, when I was in college, my, my teacher would joke and he would just be like, yeah, we're, uh, you know, in, in this area, down a little bit in the, um, Ohio and Pennsylvania and it's like up a little bit into like the Northeast, like we're the news. So whenever we hear an American accent on TV, like we don't feel like we're, we're like, oh yeah, that's what everybody sounds like. But to other people around the country, like they hear an American accent and I hear like what people sound like. So to me, Mm what I think is really funny is when people from other countries do an American accent, but they do the most exaggerated one that they can, because those are the easiest to do. So it's always this real thick country. Yeah. So it's either you're from Texas or New York or Atlanta. It's 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 those three country accent. And I'm like, no one actually, you're from Mississippi or Texas. You're from New York and to be like, yeah, buddy, yeah, you don't mess with like, oh yeah, so it's yeah and man. Yeah, <laughs> you don't mess with me, yeah, man. I don't like that man. Or <laughs> it's Atlanta. Like it's it's you'd swear the Migos are everywhere. Like it's one of those three. <laughs> yeah, it'd be- or the girls, like we do a pretty good valley girl. Like we always yes. <laughs> Like, what are you talking about, Bethany? Like, we do that. <laughs> like, we got that down. Because let me tell you something. Safe by the bell? You can't oh, say yeah. nothing. You can't come to the islands and talk about Zach. Like, Zach. Mm. <laughs> Zach is Zach is our dude. Zach and Slater? Oh, my God. <laughs> you can't. You just can't. <laughs> oh, man. This is fun. Oh, all right. So... Last question to you, um, and then I'll let you get out of here. So, Black Americans and other Black people around the world, how can we help each other? Like, if you were to speak to, if you were to speak to Black Americans and say, like, "Hey, this is this is why there's a disconnect. This is this is what you can do to help." You know, what 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 would you what would you say? Man. I feel honestly, sometimes I feel tough about asking black Americans to do any more labor, to be quite honest. Um, And the thing that would actually help us all is something that (laughs) is really tough that people like really have a hard time with and it's decentering ourselves. Mm. That That is the way forward for just a little bit of time uh to get to a place of unity because everybody's individual feelings and everybody's individual experiences tend to take center stage when we have these conversations and the only way for us to again unmask the real enemy is for us to decenter ourselves and like move away from i feel this and black americans do this and and west indian people treat me like this there's a reason and if we can decenter long enough to get to the reason, then, you know, we can actually get to the point where there's trust. 
And as soon as there's trust, there's going to be socio, geopolitical, and economic relations between us. And that is terrifying for the powers that be. If the people of the West Indies, Africa, and Black Americans ever establish relationships, like real sociopolitical relationships outside of the structure of American government, that it's over. Like the type of power we'd be able to wield over the stock market, over consumer relations, like we can do it, you know? Um, and there and there are other countries who are invested in our division too. Let's not take it for granted. Um, but I also do want to um, kind of encourage African American, Black Americans to understand that we see y'all as our family. We're literally, a lot of the times we're literally treating you how we would treat our brothers. Like, like my brother would walk into the door, I was like, what is this stupid cow coming to? Like, I would be like, you stinking crab. Why are you here? But it's like a term of endearment for us because I, like, in 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 West Indian culture, it's bit we're big on like hiding our affection with like jokes. So a lot of times it's like it's a familiar relationship, but we don't understand that the wound is still very raw for you guys. So we're like, you know, saying things and with the ignorance that even if we say this shit, we you y'all know you're a family. You're used boys, man is boys, you know. But we don't because we don't live with it. We don't understand that sometimes our words are literally just echoing the things that they're battling every single day. So that's why I tell West Indian people like yo, if 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 Black Americans react to you a certain way when you say things, don't take it personally. Just eat that. Just eat it, because one, you always have somewhere to run to when america gets too much for you you can go home and be black in peace they're stuck here and they're outnumbered so all we have to do is be the support we have to be the safe place where they can vent don't be the place where they hear the same white supremacist talking points so i i don't really have anything for african uh, black americans to do other than those of us who are willing to hold space for you, let us do that. Also, a lot of our countries have um, economic programs where you can get economic citizenship and you can get a passport to be there through whether it be real estate or their visas for you to work for a year. Because like I said, we don't have money, but we have land. So our, we're always willing to take you in. We're always willing to show you a good time. A lot of these islands, you can have a good time, eat, and never have any money. Like, you're never going to starve. Because someone is going to take care of you. Someone's going to bring you somewhere. Someone's going to feed you. And that's who we are. So um, my only thing is, my only encouragement is there are a lot of us who want a relationship with you. Um, just trust us a little bit. That's it. <laughs> All That's right. it. Well, thank you so much, Jay, for coming on. And this is fun. Sorry about the technical whatevers, but I think we figured it out. Yeah. But yeah. We'll we'll have to do this again real soon. For sure. For sure. Thank you for having me.
Well, thank you guys so much for listening in again. I really do appreciate it. I love you all so much. Thanks again to Jade for coming through and talking to us about the African diaspora. I hope you guys learned something. I absolutely learned some stuff from her as well. If you want to be part of the conversation, we do this live on TikTok right there at my page. That's I Def Overthink. That's I D E F F Overthink. And that's right on TikTok, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursdays. So you can be part of the conversation live and ask questions and we'll answer them right there for you. And then it'll be on the podcast next week and you can show your friends. Um, But please do. This does help for some reason, but it gets us out to new listeners and gets us, you know, pushed up to the top when people start searching for things. But uh, please do rate and review the podcast on your podcast host of choice. It really does mean the world. It really does help. And I hope to hear from you guys soon. And I will see you next week. Drink water. Stay hydrated. Drink water. See you next week, guys.